Today's daf is daf nun alif. We're beginning about uh, ten lines from the bottom of the Omid with two dots. We left off yesterday with the machlokas of Rav and Shmuel that what is uh, the source of liability for a boar? What, what makes a person chayev when an animal falls in and dies in the boar or gets damaged in the boar? So Rav said, you're not chayev for chavota. The impact with the ground is not the source of liability because it's karka olam. It's not yours. It's not, you, you, you're not responsible for the ground. The ground is not something, it's not your moment, it's not your ox. But the toxic air, the hevel that you create, that is more directly yours. You created that vacuum that creates the hevel, and therefore you're high for hevel, but you're not high for chavotza. That was Rav's opinion. Shmuel disagreed. Shmuel said that you could be chayv both for chavotah and for hevel. Means whichever one. We gave cases where there's only one case of chavotah or there's only hevel. But you'll be chayv for either. Either you can be chayv both for chavotah and for hevel. That's the machlokas that we left with yesterday. They want to now ask the following question. Now, I'm going to learn this the way Rashi learns it. There are other Rishonim that learn this Gemara differently and ask some strong questions in Rashi's way of learning it. But again, we read this like the way Rashi learns it, so let's go through it. Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah, that if you had a pit that was less than ten Tfachim, and into it fell an ox or a donkey, vameis and the animal dies, potur, then there is an exemption of liability. You're not liable in such a case. It was less than 10 fachim deep. But if it wasn't death, it was only that the animal got damaged, then you're a chayif. That's the Mishnah. Now, the assumption right now of the Mishnah is as follows. The assumption of the Mishnah is that when that when a a a, a bore is not ten tefachim deep, so there will not be the the chavota, the impact, the pull of gravity that causes the impact from hitting to hitting the ground will not be there because you don't have ten tefachim, and that is why you are potter. But the more assumption right now is that even though there might not be the chavota, but there should still be hevel. And if there should still be hevel, why are you potter? So this Rashi, where Rashi learns, this is a kasha both on Rav and Shmuel. According to Rav, there's no question of the chavotah, because there is no chiv of but there is a question on the hevel. According to Shmuel, even when there's no chavotah, because normally you could be high for chavotah, but still, why aren't you high for the hevel? So according to Rashi, this question is about to be asked, is both in Rav and Shmuel. The Chorah, why are you potter, even if you tell me because there's no chavotah, there should still be hevel? That's the Gemara's question, according to Rashi. So Gemara says like this, so it says, not for the seicha shorachamar v'meis potter. Your potter, my time. Why are you potter? Love is it not mishum delays bechavotah? Because the impact is not there. Says the Gemara. I even if there's no impact, this is the way Rashi understands the question. But there's still hevel. So why aren't you chay over there? Because the hevel. So Gemara says, Loi. No, the reason why you're potter over there is not, is because there is no hevel. Means there's no chavotza and there's no hevel. There's no hevel either. So therefore, they would answer up both Rav and Shmuel. You're potter because there's no hevel. The depth does not create. There is no hevel. So Moshe says, "Mishum delays be hevel." So Moshe says like this: Is that lechora? That's going to create a different problem because if you tell me that there is no hevel, then how could you be chay for nezek? See, Rav Shita that you're not chay for chavotza because it's karka olam. That has to mean that when you chai for hevel, again, scientifically how this works, not for now. But he says when you chai for hevel, it means you chai for hevel when the animal dies, but you also got to be chai for hevel, it's the hevel that's being chai when the animal gets damaged. Now if you tell me that a pit that's less than 10 tfachim does not have hevel in it, and that's why you pot it when it dies, then how could you be chai for nezek when it's got less than that? So this question now, the way Rashi learns, even though it doesn't, it doesn't explicitly say this, is switching only to ask on Rav. Because according to, uh, 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 as the way the Mephoshim explained, according to Shmuel, we can understand that there is a difference in levels of impact. That right, your tent it might be the impact needed for the animal to die. Less than 10 fachim is enough to cause the animal to get damaged. So according to Shmuel, we have no problem understanding the difference between 
chavata that kills and chavata that damages. But more is assuming right now, hevel is hevel. So Lachor, if you're telling me you're not chayv miso because there is no hevel, then you shouldn't be chayv for nezek according to Rav because that's the only thing that can be mechayv. So why are you chayv for nezek if it's less than ten tefachim? So when it says, if so, if there's no hevel in this pit, same huzak boy, if the animal gets damaged and it's less than ten tefachim, the Mishnah said, according to Rav, there's no hevel, you just told me there's no hevel in such a pit. So the Chara, why could be chayv for nezokin either? So Amri, the Gemara says, no, the Chiddush, which we were avoiding before, but now the Gemara says, you have to say it. The same way as we said, there's a difference between Chavata of 10 and less than 10, there's also a difference in terms of toxicity, the difference of Hevel of 10, which is enough to kill, whereas the level of Hevel, less than 10, might not be enough to kill, but you have to say it's still enough to cause damage. So say it like this. <coughs> so it says, in, ain't hevel lemisa. Yeah, there's not enough hevel to cause death less than ten tefachim. But yeah, hevel and nezokin. But there is enough to cause damage. So therefore, this Mishnah works both according to Rob and according to Shmuel. All right, zokmaravaitim. Ahu tura. There was a ox. The nafal arisa de deloi that fell into an irrigation ditch. Rashi says that the irrigation ditch is also known as an amasamayim. It's a water canal. The reason it was called that way because it was an Amma. It was six Tvachim. Six Tvachim wide, six Tvachim deep. Right? So basically, this is a, it only goes down six Tvachim. I think Rashi was all six Tvachim wide, right? So anyway, the point is, so it's only six Tvachim deep. Now, it was a person's own private ox. Now, what he was concerned about, because after the animal fell in and they took it out, the animal couldn't walk. Now, he was afraid that maybe the animal would, was becoming a trefer. The animal becomes a trefer, it has one of the 18 defects, internal defects, that will not live a year, then the animal, you can't shecht it. So what he did, without going and asking a shayla, he jumped the gun, and he right away shechted the animal. Then somebody woke up and said, one second, how do you know you can eat it? If you're worried the animal might be a trefer, then shechting the animal, you can't eat it either. So that's the case that would happen. So therefore, shechtem mare, that the master went, the owner of the ox went and shechted it right away. So tarfe Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman said it's a trefer. Now one of the 18, just, uh, just in order to understand the backdrop over here, the, the Mishnah tells us in Masefes Chulin that one of the 18 types of, uh, uh, of, of simane trefer of types that it makes an animal trait, is called Risuk Evarim. Risuk Evarim, the case that's given over there, the animal fell off a roof, got smashed in the ground, and it cannot get up. So the halacha over there is, if the animal's able to live 24 hours, makes it after 24 hours, we assume that it's not a trefer. Then you want to go shecht it, or you want to wait till it gets better, not a trefer. If the animal gets up right away within the 24 hours, also not a trefer. So what Rav Tarfan said to this guy, in your haste, because you were too lazy or you were too impetuous to wait. You're just uh, too hasty to wait and, uh, and, and go ask the Shiloh. You ended up messing yourself up. Because if you would have gone to the base medrash, they would have told you, don't check the animal within 24 hours. It's true it can't get up, but all you have to do is wait the 24 hours. If you would have waited 24 hours, then you would have known for sure it's not a trefer. You didn't wait the tra- 24 hours. It couldn't get up. I have to declare this animal as a trefer. That's the story. Now, the point we're making over here is, L'chorah, how deep was this pit? It was less than 10 tvachim. It was only 6 tvachim deep. It must be that Rav Nachman holds that the chavata of even less than 10 tvachim is a chavata that has the potential to be able to kill an animal. That's the... Chavata, the chavata, because it made it into a trefer. In, internally, it was a trefer. So therefore, it was the impact of less than 10 falchim has the capacity to cause the animal to become a trefer. Now, that right now, that has nothing to do necessarily with Rav and Shmuel. We're not talking about over here in terms of my bor amchai for somebody else's ox falling in. This was what made my own animal into a trefer. Rav agrees there is chavata. Rav doesn't hold there's no chavata. He just says you cannot be chayev some bachay of somebody a chavata for somebody else animal. but Lemaise Rav Tarfan said this animal is a trefer because it uh, of, uh, because of the impact that it had even though it's less than 10 tvachim so what I'm saying you see that, that Ron Achman holds that, uh, that chavata less than 10 tvachim can kill an animal that's the point that one wants to bring out here 
Sigmar says like this. So Tarfa Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman uh, disqualified the animal as a trefa. So Amar Rav Nachman. So Rav Nachman said to the fellow, Ishakil Mare da Haitura. If the owner, he always said concerning the fellow, if a person, if this owner of the ox would have taken Kava de Kimcha, he would have made himself a little doggy bag, he would have made himself a little sandwich, a, a Kava flour for rations to go, uh, provisions on the way, so he would have to go a little out of his way to go to the base medrash. For Ozil, Tanabe Midrash, he would have gone and been able to study in the base medrash. The Mishnah in Chulin that says, Im if the animal waited, stayed alive for 24 hours, even though it couldn't get up, Ksheir is considered kosher, because he never did that, so therefore, he would not have lost an ox that is worth many more kavim of flour than it would have cost him if he would have just made himself provisions to go to the base medrash. Okay. But the point over here is Alma we see Kasava Rav Nachman Rav Nachman is of the position that Yesh Chavotah Bepachas Me'asora that there has to be a, that it's, it's considered to be a less than ten Tvachim is able to kill an animal. Otherwise what's the Havamin if this animal would have become a trefa with the fall? The case in Masechah's <coughs> Chulin is a fellow for Ruf. But Rav Nachman's case that he's applying the din to, it fell into an Amasamayim, an irrigation well, which was only six Vachim deep. So anyway, but that's the point. That's what Rav Nachman is telling us, is that Lechorah is telling you Chavata that can kill an animal is less than, than uh, is less, it could be on six Vachim too. So Eisvei Rava Rav Nachman. So Rava asked Rav Nachman the following question. Now we're going to see is that uh, we have to halt cup over here? Who do, who is Rav a hold like? Is he ruling his question based on the position of Rav, or is it based on the position, the position of Shmuel? So let's see. So Eisvei Rav Rav Nachman, how you pchusin ma'asorat vachim? Our Mishnah says that if you have a well that is less than ten vachim deep, v'nafal socho shorach amor v'meis. And an animal, an ox or a donkey fell into it and the animal died. The one who dug the well is Potter. Now, the Chorah, my timer, what's the reason that you're exempt? Is it, uh, is Lav Mishum Delays Be Chavotah? Is the Chorah because there is no Chavotah less than 10 Tvachim? Now, clearly the question is implying that if there would have been Chavotah, that you, if there would have been 10 Tvachim, you would have been high for the Chavotah. So, Rav is asking the question of Rav Nachman, is asking it based on whose Shita? He's asking it based on Shmuel's opinion. Right? That you're high for Chavotah. He's saying, how can you tell me that an animal can die with Chavotah of six Tvachim? If so, then why aren't you high when you dug a well of less than ten Tvachim? You should be high for the Chavotah. So the Chorah and the Mishnah says, you're potters, mashman, you're not high for Chavotah less than ten. So obviously you hold that you are high for Chavotah, because if you're not high for Chavotah at all, you cannot be asking the question. Right? Everybody clear with that? So the question was based on the premise that Rav is basing on understanding like Shmuel. Sigmar's so answer is, is that no, is that Rav Nachman will tell you, I learned the Mishnah like Rav. That means that you're not chayef for chavotah. Chavotah, whether or not the animal can get killed from chavotah less than ten tvachim is not the issue. So what am I chayef for? I'm not chayef for chavotah, I'm chayef for hevel. And less than ten tvachim, the toxicity of the air that it creates is not enough to kill the animal. That's why I'm potter. So that's his lie. It's not because of the Chavot. It's Shmishum delays Bei Hevla. It's because there is no Hevla. Now at this point, we're going to see, the Gemara is going to change later on. The Gemara at this point holds that Rav Nachman is ruling in accordance to Rav. That the reason why you're Chayv is because of Hevel, not because of Chavotah. So there's no contradiction between his ruling as that animal can become a trefer from Chavotah less than 10, but you're not Chayv of liability when it falls into a pit less than 10 for Chavot. What? Why are we making a distinction between Isabel and Hedder and Mamad? Either, Either kills or doesn't kill. What do you right. go about? So no, but again, the question is, am I higher for it? Why if that could kill, I'm not higher for it. That's the whole Rav Shita. I'm not, I'm not denying that an animal dies from impact as well, but I'm not higher on it. So anyway, so therefore, Rav says, so the Rav Nachman's holding like Rav, he's a Yechai for heaven, not for Chavot, and therefore you have no Kasha from our Mishnah. But Lamai, so the animal can get become a trefer on less than ten. So why is it like this? All right. So why is it, if so... If so, you're telling me the shot in the Mishnah is that you're potter because of Hevel, 
and you're telling me that in a pit of ten there is no hevel to kill the animal unless than, unless than ten. So why chayev for nezokin? So yachi huzakbo chayev lechora. The Mishnah rules that if there's nezokin, you are chayev. You tell me there's no hevel if it's less than ten. Halays be hevel is no hevel. We're giving the same answer we said before. Amarlei. So Rav Nachman answered is that ain't hevel lemisa, but yeish hevel lenezokin. There's different levels of toxicity in the air. You've created something of less than ten. You give chayev for hevel, but you're not you're chayev for nezik. You're not chayev for Met death. So you could be on less than ten tefachim. You could be high of nezek for hevel or. Uh, well, according to Rav, you're not high for chavata at all. You don't. It's not. It's not your liability on chavata. He has land. It's not. Right. All right. Let's go on. Gemara asks another question. Now the Gemara is asking a question from in Sanhedrin. In Sanhedrin, we learn out that there's four types of misa that the way you execute, and one of the ways you execute a person is called skila. But actually, that's not in general what usually killed a person. They would stand a person on a two-story platform. Two-story means twice his height. Uh, three amas is the height of a person, so it's six amas high, and they would stand backwards and push him backwards. It's really it's nine amas fall because he would land on the back of his neck and break his neck. If he doesn't die, then they would drop uh, a stone on him. But Lamaisa, you see that what was meant to kill the person is the fall. What the is going to ask if, according to Rav Nachman, chavota of six tvachim is enough to uh, uh, less than ten is enough to kill a person. Why they have to make it uh, eighteen tvachim high? That's nine tvachim, uh, that's nine amas is, is or more than that nine uh, it's at six it's what's at fifty four tvachim right six tvachim in an, in an amas so it's nine uh, nine amas is fifty four tvachim nine amas three amas for the for story so anyway, so why do you need to make it so high the guy we make it we can make it lower you what's what's it What's that? Nine. It's, it's, it's not times. It's, it should be. It's. 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 It, it, you know. It is times. It's. Uh, each arm. Each arm is six twelve. It's nine fifty four. Okay. So why is it like this? What's that? The, the one is making that assumption. That what kills an animal kill a person. So a survey. Base askila. The one I had. I had a question from the Sechus Sanhedrin. It says that the base askila place where the person was stoned. Haya gavor shtei komos was two stories high. Vitani Allah, and we learned in the brides of a komos shalom plus his own height. Harekan shalosh. You have three komos. You have nine amos. So lechora isal gedaytich. If you're right, Rav Nachman, that yesh chavot v'achas meyud, that you can have a a a a, a, a impact that can kill someone, an animal, and for sure, then a person can die from an impact of less than 10 tvachim. So, why do you have to make it so high? So, therefore, it's, so therefore, you see, it can't be that less than 10 tvachim is going to kill a person. Let me ask you a question. You're asking a question on me. You disagree with me. You hold, how high does it have to be to kill a person? Right, we have to kill an animal. Has to be ten. So I'll ask the same question on you. Okay, so why didn't they make it less than ten? Why didn't they make it ten tefachim? The same question you can ask on either shita. You can ask this question: Why do you have to make it fifty-four tefachim high? So one says, According to your reasoning, so So don't make it less than ten tefachim. Make it ten tefachim. Why fifty-four? So Ella, the reason over there <coughs> that you have to make it so high, fifty-four tefachim, three comas high, is a different reason. Very interesting reason over here is that it, it could be, like we saw, the animal will die, a person will die from a fall of even less than ten tefachim, according to Rav Nachman, but it'll be a long, a slow death. It means it'll like a trade We want the person not to have to suffer. So the reason we make it three comas high, because it creates the death, in a, in, and it's part of the mitzvah of a haftalarecha kamocha. Incredible thing that even a person that you're executing, there's still a mitzvah of a hafdarecha to make sure that you execute him in the best possible manner. So says the Gemara like this. So says the Gemara. So Elk Rab Nachman, Amr Rab Nachman, Amr Rab Baravua, Amr Kra. Pasuk says v'havnerecha kamocha. That means even brodel, if it's included in that, it's brodel and misa yafe. That you have to choose the, the, the appropriate way of executing him. Now we have, we have, we're stuck with having to go with the Torahs. There's the four misas that you have to do. But within that way, you figure out the best way to do it. And therefore, three comas is the optimal way in order that he dies quick. So one says like this. One second. The higher you fall, the quicker you'll die. So then, why only stop at making a three comas high? Make it ten comas high, right? Why make it three? 
Someone says, Iachi nigbot fei. How make it even higher? Where it says there's a different issue over there. Is that if you go any higher, there's going to be a complete disfigurement of the body. The body is going to 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 fall uh, to co- to come apart. And that also is considered to be a lack of a haftarecha kamocha. Right? You know, a person wonders, how am I going to look? You know that you're going to have one arm here or one leg there. That also is is it creates a tremendous mental stress on the person. Therefore, this is considered optimum that I guess the body is not as disfigured, but it will die in a quick way. So one says like this: Mishum because the body would become disfigured, and we don't want that happening. So anyway, we're still sticking with Rav Nachman. We assumed before that the ox became a trefer when it fell into a, a ditch that was four, that was six tefachim, and we're saying you see that according to Rav Nachman's shita, that chavata can kill even less than ten tefachim. A survey the Gemara has the following question: The pasuk says like this: is that if you own a house, you're responsible to put a maka. If it has a flat roof, you have to put a parapet. You have to put a fence around it in order that nobody can go onto the roof and fall off, so that you should not be responsible for that person's death. So it's a kibah anofol mimenu, so that you will prevent that there no one should fall, that you should not bring on yourself blood when somebody falls off it. Now the Gemara learns makes a drasha like this. We'll have to see exactly the scenarios, but in a moment it says that you're only chayev to build a fence when kinofol mimenu, when the person will fall off the roof. But if it's to prevent someone to falling onto the roof, you're not responsible to build a fence. That's what the de- that's that's the drush, and we'll see exactly what that means. Where's the case where you would think that you would have to build a fence to stop somebody from falling onto your roof? But anyway, that's the drasha. The drasha tells us you're only chayv to build a fence to stop someone from falling off the roof, but you're not chayv to build a fence to stop someone from falling onto the roof. Now let's continue with the brisa. So it says like this. It says, "I know for me men, me men knew from the roof you're chayv below the socha, but not onto the roof." Keitzah continues the brisa. What's the scenario? He says, Let's say you had a situation, your house was lower than the public domain. So you built your house on the side of the Rosh Hashanah. The Rosh Hashanah is higher up. And there's a fear that somebody could fall off the edge of the Rosh Hashanah and land on your roof. So the Pesach telling me, you're not responsible to build a fence to stop somebody from falling off Rosh Hashanah onto your roof, the only thing you're ever responsible for doing is what? Build a fence on your roof to stop somebody from falling into the Rosh Hashanah. So therefore, so that Rosh Hashanah, if the Rosh Hashanah was ten Fachim above your roof, and somebody fell off the Rosh Hashanah onto your roof and he died, Potter, you have no liability, you're exempt, you're not required to put up a fence on the Rishis, to stop somebody falling off the edge of Rosh Hashanah. On the other hand, if the Rosh Hashanah was ten Fachim lower than your rooftop, so in such a case, and somebody fell off your roof, Ten him down into the Rosh Hashanah, so then you would be chai if you are obligated. Now, the question over here on Rav Nachman is a strong question. You see the numbers that the Bryce is dealing with. When are you chai to build a parapet? When your roof is ten him above the Rosh Hashanah. L'chorah, why? Because that's where somebody can have a deathly fall. It's mashma that if we less than ten him, your rooftop was less than ten him to the ground, then you will not be chayev. I. Why should that be? According to Rav Nachman, your chayev chavota can kill a person. Even less than says of Esau the Daitech. And if you thought, like you were saying, that yes, chavota bepachet miyud, that there is a death, a deathly chavota, the impact could cause death. Even less than ten tefachim. Lama liyasora. Why does the roof have to be ten tefachim above the ground, above the rishus arabim, to chayev a maka, to chayev the parapet? So Amale, so he says, I'll tell you why. Because Shani bias, it's different. The Chiyov of Amaka is only on something that's a house. The Chol Pachas Ma'asar Allah Baisu. Any structure that is less than 10 Tvachim high is not called a bias. And therefore, your Ptur, it's not that somebody can't fall off and die on less than 10 Tvachim. But your Chiyov of Amaka is only where the Pazak says, on your roof of your house, if it's less than ten tefachim off the ground, it does not get the halachic uh, status of a house. So, therefore, 
Someone says, one second. Let me, let, let's do some math over here. If you're telling me from the roof to the ground is 10 tfachim, you have to build a, right, you have to build a makom. Let's go, if, if from the roof to the ground is 10, when I go into the house, and I measure from the ground to the ceiling, it's going to be less than 10. Why will it be less than 10? Because there's the thickness of the planks and the drywall and the, and the, and the plaster. That's going to make it less than 10. So the chorah, then the chiyuv of a maka should be only when it's, a, when it's 11, let's say. It should be when it's 10 because it's not a house if inside is less than 10. That's the one's question. If so, hashtanami. Now, in our case too, to have a mavroya where you measure from the rooftop outside to the ground ten dalmine. If you if you if you subtract from that measurement the tikra, the the the, the roof beams, umaziva, and the plaster migavoy on the inside lavasara, you'll come to less than ten tvachim on the inside. So why am I chayv on top of it a maka? It's not ten tvachim, it's not a house. So Amale, you're going to chak migavoy. I'll tell you we're talking about over there that the person who built the house, he chak means he carved, meaning that the floor he went he dug the floor lower than the level of the ground. So therefore, let's say the roof is thick one tefach. So what he did was, he carved the ground one tefach low. So that's how you have ten tefachim within the, ha- the room to still be considered a house. That's what you have to say, because otherwise, if it measures ten tefachim outside, you would have a house less than ten tefachim inside. So the way you, the, must, the case must be, is that he carved the ground one tefach deep. So Moses is like this. So Moses says, if you're already willing to entertain that was the case, then the Chorah, how can you make a blanket statement and say that if the roof is 10 Tvachim high, you have to build a marker? It implies that if it would be less than 10 Tvachim high, you don't have to make a marker. It's not necessarily true. Because what happens if a guy dug his floor 5 Tvachim deep? If a guy dug his floor 5 Tvachim deep, on the outside, let's say, it was 5 Tvachim high, it has the shame of a bias, and according to Nachman, if somebody falls off, he could still die, you should still have to make a maka. So why does it make a blanket statement that if the, on the outside it's 10 Tvachim high, you have to build a maka? Less than that, you don't have to build a maka. Lechor, if you're willing to entertain the case you told me where he carved the floor down, then you should have to make a maka, the case you might have to make a maka, even if it's only 5 Tvachim high outside, because maybe the floor inside could be talking about when it goes down five fucking deep. So if you're willing to entertain the case that he carved the floor down below the, the, the level, so then when it's not ten fachim on the outside, when it's not on the outside ten fachim, could still be considered a bias to have him a gavoy asara when it's ten fachim on the inside. When he went below, he carved down. He's going to when he carved down more, he went down even deeper. So therefore, Sengmar says, you're right. That we have to change the whole shot. The whole shot in Rav Nachman is not because an animal that falls into a pit that is six Tvachim deep can die. The fall of six Tvachim, Rav Nachman agrees, is not a deathly fall. But he says like this, I'm going to say it outside and we'll see it inside. He says like this, that the animal, when you, when you measure an animal, there's always at least four Tvachim that... Uh, from the belly, the, the belly of the animal to the ground, there's at least four tvachim, could be even more. But there's always at least four tvachim gap. So if it falls into a pit that is six tvachim deep, the total height that the animal is falling from its body and down is going to be a total of ten tvachim. So really it is a ten, ten tvachim is what's needed to kill you need ten tvachim, and it's not going to be either. The, the, why did he make it into a trefa? The, uh, the ditch was only six tvachim deep, because it's still considered in his mind, in Rav Nachman's mind, it's still considered to be a ten tvachim fall. Why? Because from the airspace below the animal, plus the uh, depth of the, of the irrigation ditch, comes out ten tvachim. Let's just finish this with the Mishnah. So why is it like this? Sigmar says like this. So the Gemara says like this. Sigmar says, "Ella heina time of Rav Nachman." That this is the reason of Rav Nachman. Sover he holds nikreisa the Torah laara from the stomach of the animal to the ground. Kamehave, how much is there? Arba, it's four tefachim. Now Arisa the deloi, the irrigation pit. How deep was that? Kamehave shisa. 
total of amount the animal is falling is ha'asora. Now, as the, uh, uh, the Mepharshim point out here, this is the way Rashi's been learning the sugya, the Gemara is now making a switch. Because till now, we were going that Rav Nachman held like Rav. That you're not chayv and chavota. You're only chayv for... It's what causes the death of the animal is hevel. Now, Rav Nachman, we're going to see from the next piece of the Gemara... Rav Nachman is now entertaining and actually Shmuel was Rav Nachman's Rebbe Rav Nachman Amr Shmuel is that the reason why you're high of your li- there's liability when it falls into a pit is not necessarily only because of Chavata it is because of uh, not only because of, of Hevel I'm sorry it is also because of Chavata now if an animal falls into a pit which is only 6 Tvachim deep and you're counting the space below its belly there's no Hevel of 10 Tvachim in that case because 4 of the Tvachim is outside of the pit so it could only be in such a case that it's dying because of the Chavata now to say that it becomes a trafer from that lack of Chavata that's fine but the one is going to ask the question from our Mishnah we're not talking about just in terms of what causes the animal to die? We're talking about what causes liability. So, Lachari, you see that Rav Nachman now is switching, that he's saying that liability is being caused because of Chavata and not necessarily only because of Hevel. Let's see it inside. So, says the Gemara, Lachora, Saha Asara. So, therefore, Ishtachar comes out, the Chikam Mechabet, when the impact hits the bottom of the, of the pit, the impact has been caused by Tent Fochim, which is enough which, which to kill him. So Elav says the Gemara, well, how are you going to explain our Mishnah? Because our Mishnah said clearly that you only chaya if it falls into a pit that's ten. But if it falls into a pit that's less than ten, you're potter. Why don't you say the same cheshben? L'chora, even if it fell into a pit that was six, you should be chayev. Why? What about the airspace below? So you see from the question, the Gemara's understanding, Rav Nachman holds you chayev for chavata. Because the answer is easily, the easy answer to that would be, I'm not chayev on the chavata, I'm chayev on the, for hevel. And there is no hevel in that circumstance. But the Gemara entertains that as a question, means the Gemara understands Rav Nachman holds you are chayev for the chavata. And there should be chavata, four tfachim under the animal, six tfachim to the ground, to the bottom of the pit. Ah, el matnisin the katani, the katani learned the Mishnah, ma bor shu lahames, that a bar which is enough to to, uh, to, uh, to kill is only Yotvachim, is only when it's deep. It's mashma, only it's Yotvachim. But, but, uh, but the Chorah, according to what you're saying, is, uh, but it should be enough with six, because four should be counted from above. So why does the Mishnah Dafka say it has to be ten? Someone says that you have to say, according to Rav Nachman, the Mishnah was not necessarily talking about a case where the animal walked into the bar. The Mishnah is talking about a case where the animal rolled into the bar. It tripped and fell and rolled into the board. Now, if it rolled and tripped and fell and rolled into the board, then, then, then you can't say you have a chavot of ten if the pit is only six fucking deep. Why? You don't know what part of the body hits first. Because it doesn't matter what part hits first, but you can't measure the area outside the pit from the bottom to the belly because the belly was on the ground when it fell in. Yeah. So therefore, that's why you can't count that. So therefore, Sigmura, so therefore, so Amri Matnisan is not in, in Gadar Labor. The Mishnah is talking about where it rolled in. So when the animal rolls into the bar, Taka, you're going to need to have a bar of ten Tvachim. According to Rav Nachman, if the animal walks into the bar, then you can measure the depth of the bar. If you hold that it's just the Chavotas, or the the Chavotas as well, you can measure the depth of the bar plus the space between the ground and the belly of the animal. Yes. A couple questions. <clears throat> a moment ago when we were talking about Okay, let's see. Zavdeh Mishnah. Bar shel shnei shutzvin. You have an, uh, an, a bar, we'll see how it happens, but you have a bar that's owned by two partners. Avra lava rishon. First person goes by, veloki son, did not cover it. First partner. Hasheni, veloki son. The second one went by and did not cover it. Hasheni chayv. The second one picks up the liability. Now what the Gemara is going to say, the case he's talking about, not that they both dug a pit and then they just both happened to walk by. Because in that case they're both liable. They were both using the pit itself for irrigation. The first one left while the second one was still using it. So if the first one left while the second one was still using it, the first one has an excuse why he didn't cover it. Why didn't he cover it? Mm-hmm. So, so the second one then assumes all liability. That's the one that's going to come out. Let's go on. So Amri, the Bnei Yeshiva, asked the following question. How do you have a bar that's considered owned by two people? Now this really gets into the shear from a couple of days ago. Is that 
we had a machlokus whether the case of Bor in the Torah is only the case of Bor in Rishus Arabim, or the other way, there was a pinion of hell that could only be talking about a Bor in a Rishus Ayochid that you were mafkir the area around. Now, if you're telling me there's ownership on this bar and two people are owners, it has to be something that is being owned. In order for it to be owned, it had to be that this bar started out being dug. And it was just a yachid. Otherwise, how do you have... You can't have a partnership in Rosh Hashanah. No one owns Rosh Hashanah. So that Moro is, is going to try to figure out how do you have a bar that's considered to be a bar that is considered a, of Shutim. So Amri, bar shal shnei Shutim, heich mishkachet. How do we have that case? So Hanicha, this makes sense. Isfirulank Rabbi Akiva. If you take the position of Rabbi Akiva, at least according to one of the opinions, Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef, at least according to one of them, to Amar bar v'shusah chayiv. That you're chayiv for a bar that was dug in your own private property and then you're mafkar the area around it. So mishkachiv lebechatzah shal shneim. It could be the courtyard was owned by both partners and the bar shal shneim and the bar that was dug there belonged to both of them. They have kiron and together, kiron, they both gave up, ceded the property around it, rishusan, but loth kirubarim, but they weren't mafkar the bars. They still remain partners of the bar. So you have a bar of you have a bar of partners. But if you take the position that holds Barbashusa is Potter, that if you if that, that if, if you own the bar, that's not the case of bar in the Torah. The case of bar in the Torah has to be a bar of of of, of, of Rabin where it doesn't belong to anybody. So then how can you have a case that we're calling this the bar that belongs to two people? So the chayvale that you're going to have chayv rabim the chayvale the chayvale that you're going to be chayv so where are you going to find b'shusar rabim you're going to tell me it's a b'shusar rabim b'shusar rabim barzol shnei shutu nech mishkacha you're not partners how are you calling that a bar of partners it can't come out being partners if it's a bar in b'shusar rabim let's let's go through the scenarios maybe you're talking about you know what happened Reuven and Shimon paid Levi they each gave him uh, fifty bucks and said go dig on our behalf go dig a bar in b'shusar rabim maybe that's how they're shutim they got an agent to go ahead and do it for them. So therefore, it's their, they are the ones who commissioned the bar that's together. Maybe that's the case where the bar will shoot them in Rosh Hashanah. Either Shavah Shliach, that if they made him the Shliach, Travai, both of them, Ba'amalein, they told him, Zil Karilan, go dig for us. Ba'amalein, Karilan, he went and dug for them. That can't be, because ain't Shliach Advar Aveira. There's no Shlichas when you're doing an Aveira. Now, what exactly the Aveira is, is a big discussion in the Mepharshim. Some say it's a lack of Avdarech Some say it's a Drabonan that you consider to creating a stumbling block in Rosh Hashanah. Him. Some say it's the evil of but uh, it suffice to say there is an Aveira involved. Since there's an Aveira involved, when you make an agent to do an Aveira, there is no agency, and the person who does it is the one who's liable. So that won't make them shoot them in the Rosh in the bar. So what's the case? Now, so maybe tell me like this. Let's say the first person dug the first five, and the second person dug. The second five. Lechora, when the second person digs the second five, he assumes responsibility of the bar on the first person, then Lechora goes away. So the Stalkula Maiserishon, we remove ourselves from the actions of the first five that the first person did. Now, Agmar says that that might not be the case. We're going to see a Machlokas Rebbe in the Chachomim. There is a Machlokas Rebbe in the Chachomim about that very case. Someone did, uh, dug a pit less than ten. And the other one came along finished. and finished it off and made it till 10. So Rebbe holds is that for Nezokin, for damages, they're both Chayim. If somebody falls into the pit, the one who added to it and the one who made the first nine will both be... The first nine is for damages. The second one will be Chayim jointly for damages and he'll have added to it that if something dies in the pit... If an animal dies, then he solely will be responsible. So then you could work our Mishnah out. The how do you have a bar of Shutvim? It's Shutvim for damages according to the Shita of Rebbe. But according to the Chachamim, they disagree. The Chachamim say, when you transform a, 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 a bar that's less than nine, and you make it into a bar now of ten, you assume full liability both for... Misa and for damage. So therefore, you're not going to have to have a bar of shutfim according to Racham, it won't work out. So that's more to ask. It would work out in Rosh Hashanah if one guy made five, the other guy made the second five. According to Rebbe, if it's only focusing, the mission is only talking about not something, not the animal dying. The animal got damaged. So that could work out. Ella the Rebbe. But according to Rebbe, if the Mishnah is talking about Misa, it won't work out. Because Rebbe clearly says that the first guy does five, the second guy does five, 
for Misa purposes, the second guy is solely responsible. And according to Rabbana, it doesn't work out for Nazakin or Misa, because they always hold the second guy is going to be fully responsible. So it's not partners. Well, the Rabbana, Bain Lanisa, Bain Nazakin, so how are you going to have it? So says, I'll tell you how you have it. So whoever made it till nine, it was up till nine. And then together, the last shovel that made it to ten, they dug together. So together they made it for ten. So for Misa purposes and Kalvachomer for liability purposes, they both will be chayv on this board. So it's considered shutvim in terms of liability, and that'll be the case, says Rav Yochanan. Kalvachomer for Nezakin. For Nezakin, what did I say? Kalvachomer for Nezakin, right. So my Rebbe Umay Rabbanu, where do we see this Machlokas Rebbe Nebuchadnezzar? Just like we learned in the Braitha. Echad Achover Baratisha. When one guy went and dug nine. Uba Achar and the second guy came and he made it to ten. Ha'achar and Chayiv. The Chachamim say for all liabilities, for Misa, for Nezokin, the last guy is considered fully responsible. Rebbe Omer, Achar Achar Lamisa. Yes, it's true. The second guy is Chayev solely for Misa because the first guy did not make a pit that would kill. It's only the second guy that did that. But but for Nezokin purposes, the first guy and the second guy are jointly responsible for liability for Nezokin. My time at the Rabbonin, what's the shot the Rabbonin? Rabbonin holds that only the second guy is Chayim, not the first guy. Why? I understand for Misa, but why for Nezokin should you now remove the responsibility? The first guy did a da- he, he was a damaging pit. So why do you remove it? So my, what, what's the pshat? So this is the Amar Krok, because the Pazak says, again, we had this before, Ki Yiftach and Ki Yichre, is that you have, it seems to be a redundancy. You're Chayav when you uncover the pit, and you're Chayav when you dig the pit. If you're Chayav for uncovering, so Kol Shikai you're Chayav when you dunk. So why do you have to have both? So im al psicha Chayav, so al Kriya lo Kol Shikai, so am I not Chayav for Kriya? So Gemara says, Ella. So the Chachamim learned, it's to tell me that Lahavi Koira Achakora. It's telling me, of course you're Chayav for the first digging, but it's telling you you also have liability if you are the second guy. That's the, the digging that's mentioned in the Pazik to tell you, even if you're the second guy who adds to the digging, you still have to assume liability. Now, how do we know it's solely liability? Because the Pazik says, Ki Yichre Ish. If one guy, the one guy that dug, the second guy digging, he assumes full responsibility. That's what you learn from the redundancy. Right? So therefore, Shashila... For both, for both, for, for, right, for sure for Misa, because he made it into ten, but even for, for Nezok and for injury. Shasilik Maiserisha, that means that you remove the actions of the first guy and you give it solely to the second guy. Now, what about Rebbe? What does he do with his drosha? Yesterday, was yesterday we had two other ways of learning why you have to have Kiyichre. And you have to have Kiyiftach. We had two different drashas of Kuntra. So therefore, according to Rebbe, it's not extra. So he says, well, that's a good shot. What does the Chachorin do about yesterday's drasha? For Rabbana, Nami, Mitzvah, Srichi, they also need it for yesterday's drasha. So Ella, Haina, Times, Rabbana. Rabbana says a different drasha. What's the drasha? Because the Pasuk says the word Ish, it's redundant. It says, Kiyichre Ish and Kiyiftach Ish. It says Ish. So telling you only one guy is going to be Chayiv. Ki Amakra, Kiyichre Ish. Bor, uh, bor, uh, bor. Echad, which is only one person is high for the digging, for lo shnayim. For Rebbe, what does Rebbe do with that kiyichre ish? Because he holds for life, for the zokin, they both are chayim. He's ahume bayale, kiyichre ish, bor, velo shor bor. We had a drush already. Remember, only if you dig the anim, the, 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 the pit. If, if it's ish bor, but if your animal digs it, you're not chayim for bor. So he says that ish is not extra. So Gemara says, Rabbonan tre ish, uh, 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 it says, Kiyichre Ishbar and Kiyiftach Ishbar. So you have an extra Ish. One of them teaches you your animal digging, your potter. The other one teaches you only one person is going to be Chayim. What does the Rebbe do with the extra one? He holds that's not really a problem, because that's just for symmetry. Since the Torah already wrote Kiyiftach Ishbar, it also wrote Kiyichre Ishbar. But it's not necessarily for Drosha purposes. I did the cause of high, cause of high. Okay. So Memorial says like this. That fine. So it comes out according to Rebbe, the Rebbe is logical. If second guy is higher for Misa, because he made it to 10, the, in terms of liability for damages, they both are higher. Chacham is saying, the Pazik says, Ish, only one is higher, not two. So when it says, how do you know it's the second guy? 
For, for, for Misa, I understand it's only the second guy. But how do you know for damage? Fine, only one is Chayev. I could make the argument which one should be Chayev for damages. Maybe the first guy should be Chayev. He already made it to nine. So maybe he should be Chayev for liability for damages. Why make that only the second guy? How do you know it's the second guy, not the first guy? So, how do you know the purpose of the word Ish, the Mechaev one, in the positive is on the second guy, maybe it's the first guy. I wouldn't have thought that. The It says that you have to, it says that the, that the Baal Habar has to pay for the damages of the ox, and he keeps the dead ox. Lechora, there's different ways how to learn that pasuk. We're just reading the simple shan the pasuk. Lechora says, and he keeps the dead ox, which is mashma. Who's keeping it? Who's paying and who's keeping it? Right, the guy who killed it. The only one who's responsible for the guy who the pasuk is referring to the guy who killed it is the second guy because the, you can't say the first guy would keep the dead ox. So lechora, the pasuk that's telling us that the liability falls on only one of them clearly must be talking about the second guy because that in cases of death it's awarding him the carcass, so it must be talking about the second guy and not the first guy. That's the Gemara's understanding. What's that? The pasuk's talking about both. But the fact is, the drosha is being learned for Nezokin. But it's learned from a pasuk where the animal died as well. The fact is telling you that he has to pay when there's Nezokin, and when it dies, he keeps the mace. Obviously, we talk about the second guy, not the first guy. The first guy is not responsible for the mace. Says the Gemara, says the Choretz, Misa. Obviously, it's referring to the one who's responsible for the Misa, is the one that has to be the bond paying. Frek the Gemara, I, that Vahamais Yelo is not extra. We need it for Rava's drosha. Now let me explain Rava's drosha outside before we see the inside. We already learned that when you damage a shore of Hegdish, there's no chiyuv because the Pazik says Re'eyu. The Pazik says Kigach Shor Isha Shor Re'eyu and Hegdish is not Re'eyu. What about if your ox damages someone's ox or you damage someone's ox that was Sule Hegdish? Means something that was donated to the base of Migdash, got a, 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 a blemish and you redeemed it. So now it goes back to the person who redeemed it. So under normal circumstances, if your ox damages that person's ox, you'll be chayav. Because that person, it's not, it's Israel's, it is his. By bor, it says, Vameis yelo, is that you give the, you, you pay for it, and you get to keep the carcass. If Sule Hegdish, you can't do anything with the carcass. You're not allowed to feel, even though it's, because it, it has some residual kedusha, you're not allowed to feed it to the dogs. So what is he going to do with a dead carcass? So the Pazik says, Ames Yelo, he's able to do what he wants with the carcass, so it's telling me that there's no din of bor on Suleim Mugdashim. There's no chiv tashlum of Suleim Mugdashim, because you cannot fulfill the statement of Vahames Yelo. That's what Ames Yelo comes to teach me. Well, once it's telling me Vahames Yelo that you can't, that's exempting you from Suleim Mugdashim by case of bor, I, the one is asking, how can you use that to teach me what? That the second guy is the person that has to pay. Says the Gemara Lechora, Vahames Yelo, we use Amarava, Sharp Sulamadoshin, that if an ox that was a disqualified from Hegdish and had been redeemed, Shanafalabar, that fell into a pit, Potter, you're exempt in such a case from paying for that ox. Shanem Rames Yelo, because the payment allows you to do what you want with the ox. And over there you can't, it's only Bemisha Ames Shelo, only somebody who can do what he wants with it. So the Amri says the Gemara like this, you're right. The drosha is telling you that you're potter from Sulem because you can't keep the mace. But without the drosha, even without any specific word in the drosha, the simple shot in the posseg, it's telling you who pays. Posseg says, is that you shalem by mace you alone. You don't need a special drosha for that. It's telling you the guy who's paying is the guy that would keep the mace. So Mamela, I understand, it's referring to which guy? It's referring to the second guy. It cannot be referring to the first guy. So you don't need the specific drosha just when the context of the Pesach is telling you it's the second guy without any extra wording. Don't I automatically hear from the understanding of the Pesach we talk about the second guy being the pain. The one who caused the death. That's who we're dealing with that has to pay. That's how the Chachamim know. Only one guy pays and it is the second guy. So we have that. Rebbe and the Chachamim do we say that it is when, when you did nine and the other guy the ten, according to Rebbe, they're both high for uh, damages, and death is only the second guy. According to Rachamim, everybody, all the liability is only on the second guy. Tan Rabbonin. Now we have a little bit of a different case. Echad Chofer Borasora. One guy dug ten. Uba Achav Shlimalechaf. The second guy made it twenty. Uba Achav Shlimalechloshim. The third guy made it thirty. Means each guy made it deeper ten tefachim. Kulan Chayovin. All of them, if somebody, if an animal falls into the pit, 
all three of them are going to be considered equally liable. They're all liable. That's what the Bryce says. So one's going to ask a contradiction. I'm going to ask you a question. It says like this. One guy went and dug a pit ten tvachim deep. And the second fellow came and he plastered the pit or kied means he made moldings or decorations that narrowed the pit. So now in such a case Ha'achron Chayev, the Brisa says the second guy is Chayev. Means the second guy, what he did, he also did some kind of changes to it. Now, let's, the one wants to know, well, there's a contradiction, why? Because in the first Brisa, one guy did 10, one guy did 20, one guy did 30. Each one is adding Hevel. Each one is adding Hevel, so it's Mashmat, everyone is adding Hevel, each one is going to be Chayev for, jointly for anything that falls and dies in this pit. The second Bryce says that one person made the pit narrower. Now, by making the pit narrower, Raj explains, is it traps the hevel in more. So it actually also adds to the toxicity. It adds to the hevel. So the Chorah, why is the first Bryce say that if you add to the hevel, they're all chayab, whereas the second one says that the guy who added the hevel, only his chayab, not everybody else. So how do we understand that? So Lema, the Gemara says, at first glance it would seem that what we have over here is Ha-Rebi Vaharabonon. It's actually the Machlokas Tanoyim that we had on the first, on the Amad Aleph. Why? It comes out like this. According to Rebbe, Rebbe held that for liability purposes, if, all, if you join the joint act of liability, you're all high of liability. The last guy is only because he made it for Misa. Now, in this case, each one of them made a, a bar that, 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 that could kill. They added to a, a bar that could kill. The second one added a bar that could kill. The third one added to a bar that could kill. Even if they never did make ten. But they each added to some... So, therefore, to say that all three of them are, are liable for, uh, for Misa would fit Rebbe that seems to say that all three of them are liable in the case of, of when they'd be Chayev, in the case of nine, the guy made a ten, they're Chayev for damages. It seems the same Swara, where you're adding, you're not creating something, a, a new liability, but you're adding to existing liability all three of the Chayev. So the first Bryce would seem to go like Rebbe. The second Bryce says you blame everything on this, this, the last guy, that seems to be going like the Chachamin. Because the Chachamin said that even for Nezakin, the first guy did nine, the second guy did ten, the second guy didn't do really anything different in terms of damages than the first guy. We still blamed it all on the second guy. So that second Bryce that says that the first, second person created more toxicity in the bar, even though the first one had already done that, you still blame it all on the second guy and not the first guy. That Bryce would be going like Rebbe. The one who wants to make it a Machlokas Rebbe in the Rabbonin. If you so, blame it all on the second guy, that's like Rebbe? Or like the Rabbonin. So I'm a Rabzvid. You don't have to say that. Both prices could very well fit the Chachomim Shita as well. The only time the Chachomim say you blame everything on the second guy is because the second guy is doing something that the first guy did not do. The first guy only made it a pit of damages. The second guy transformed it from a pit of damages to a pit of Misa. So once he transforms a pit of Misa, he takes full ownership of the pit completely. That's why they hold the only last one of the first guy. But in the case that we had in the in, in, in the first Brysa, it was a pit of Misa all along. No one changed it from what the er, earlier person did. Since no one changed from what the earlier person did, they will agree that what? That all three of them will be Chayiv. That's what it says. So what it says like this. Where this first one did not make a pit of Misa in our Mishnah, in the case of the when the first one already made a ten. And therefore, the Rabbanon will give all three of them going to be Chayiv. says, yeah, but it doesn't fit the second Brysa. The second Brysa says already was ten. The second guy may enhance the tuxedo by trapping it in, by making it more enclosed by the added plaster. And there the bride says, only the second one, not the first. According to what we just explained, since the first one made a Misa, the second one made it Misa, they both should be Chayev. Why are you only being Chayev? The second one then. So when it says, Vaha, Siyud, Vakiyad, then the case where you added plaster or added moldings, decorated moldings, the Ka'avet, Kamashir, Misa, the first guy already made a 10. The Ketani, Achron, Chayev, and you only blamed it on the second one. So Ahmed, Bnei Shiva said, the only way to answer is like this, is 
says, It's true that the first guy made a pit of ten, but it was wide. He made it so wide that there was no, not enough hevel to be caused there. What the second guy did by narrowing it, he now made it that now it became Lemisa. That's why only the second guy is Chai. So that's, that's one way of explaining that two brises there's no contradiction. Ikeda Amri, another way of explaining this is Amr Avzvid. There's another version that Avzvid said, let's make both brises go like Rebbe. Havaha Rebbe. The one that says they jointly take responsibility, that fits, like he said, for liability. In his case, for what they, they all join, that fits. How are you going to explain the Brisa that says only the last one is Chayef? So again, you'll have to say the same thing. Right, because according to Rebbe, he says there was, uh, according to Rebbe, it's no problem to say that all three of them are high when they each made the same type of bore. That's what he said before. For liability, nine, the one who made ten, even when you transform to Misa, he holds they're all chive and liability. So for sure, the first Brysa works out. Ten, 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 they're all chive, the Misa. But how do you explain the second Brysa, where the first guy made it ten, the second guy narrowed it, and you're only being Machai of the second one? How do you explain it according to Rebbe? He's a very similar act to what he said before. You're, you're, there was no liability at all. The amount of hevel, this answer fits only according to Rav Lechorah, is that the amount of hevel that was there, because it was so wide, would not have caused not Misa or liability. The first guy, somebody who fell in, could not be high for anything because there was no hevel at all. Uba'acha, the second guy came, and by narrowing it, he now made it hevel that could cause both liability for Nezokin, and it could cause Misa, and that's why only the second guy is chayv, not the first guy. For Hosebo, hevel, bein lemisa, bein lenezokin. That's a good, much better. Amarovo. Heiniach evan al piha bar sora. Let's say one guy went and made a bar nine fachim deep. Now, instead of the case of the Mishnah, where the second guy went and added the extra tefach, what the first guy did on the rim, he made one tefach of stone higher. Bottom line, the overall effect is that somebody that falls in is falling ten fachim down. So lechora, so therefore you have to say it's chavata over here. But anyway, the point is, so he says you're chayiv. So the Mar says, and he says, no, what he says, they'll be the same machlokas Rebbe Rabban. According to Rebbe, they'll both join in liability for Nezokin, and Misa only the second guy, and according to Rachamim, only the second guy. So he says, Pshita, what's the Chiddush? What's the novelty of what we're saying? So he says, like, I'll tell you the novelty, let me say it outside and we'll see it inside. Lechara, when you dig at the bottom of the pit, that's where you're adding the Hevel. The hevel is at the bottom. So you're making that ten tefachim at the bottom. You're making it lamisas over there. So you could argue that's where you say the second guy has the liability because he created the hevel at the bottom. But maybe the guy that adds the one rim on the top Maybe in such a case, that's not adding to the hevel at the bottom. Maybe Taka shouldn't be chayv in that case. So therefore, Mao just say, That that's where it's causing the hevel. Right? You see, it's not just chavota, I made a mistake. It's also for hevel. That's where you're causing the hevel. Ava lemalo, but where you're, where, where you're adding on top, the hevel the law of the kidei katukata, maybe it's not the hevel that he produced. That's calling. He just stopped the hevel from escaping, but that hevel is already at the bottom. He just made it stop from going out of bits. So maybe he's not responsible. Kamash Malan, Emeloi Kamash Malan, he is. What's that? They're both, no, this is for Vamisa. For Misa, that, I mean, Rebbe holds for, for liability, but there was already was a bore for liability. He only added to make it a bore for Misa. It's Hevel and Misa over here. It goes for both of them. Boy Rava, Tam, Tefach, Vasilek Avonov, Mahu. The case over here is very interesting. The case over here is, first guy did nine. Second guy made the, da, either dug the extra Tefach at the bottom, or ate the, added the extra rim on top to make it ten, and then had a change of heart, came back and removed what he had done. And now it's back to nine. The question is, does his actions of removing it to where it back was originally, does that remove him now completely from any liability? Or do we say that once he made the additions, 
He's already responsible and, the, the, and he cannot remove himself and actually it might even be according to Rachamim who said that you are only responsible for liability. Maybe he now is completely liable for that shit of nine. He doesn't revert back to the first guy. Let's see. Mahu, what's the din? Miamrinan, do we say Maida Avid? That which he had done, Shakle, he now has removed, and therefore goes back to the original status. The original status is that he's not Chayev at all, and the first guy has full liability. Oh, Dilman, it's possible that according to Chachomim, when you made the ten, you're Chayev for Misa, and you took on full liability now for damages. The fact that you removed the ten, it might take off the hook for Misa, because it's not Misa anymore, but you're still stuck with what? You're still stuck with the shear of damages. So therefore, therefore, I'm still all considered your responsibility and you will be chayv completely for damages. It doesn't help to remove it because it already shifted into your responsibility as being the second guy. The fact you undid doesn't take away the fact that you took responsibility for the first nine by adding the one. Removing the one, you still have it. Take the gemara remains unresolved. Gentlemen, we'll stop over here.